0: Get ready! Get ready! Strap yourself in! Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times, because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss.
1: Hi, folks. is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. <laughs> There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The Iron Lady sings that That makes it official. Welcome to the big show. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for tuning in as always. We have the most amazing guests on the show, and I'm excited for our guests that we have today. The CEOs, the billionaires, the White House presidential advisors, the people who bring you the Pulitzer Prize winning books and authors, and all the amazing ideas, the great journalists from all the different uh, CNN, Bloomberg. Today, we have uh, all the different journalists that come on the show and share their stuff. You're always going to learn on the Chris Voss show. What we do ask you is that you go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, your family. Family, friends, relatives. Go to YouTube.com for Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com for Chris Foss, and all those crazy places on the internet. Today, we have an amazing journalist on the show. Kurt Wagner joins us for his new book. This has been getting a lot of salacious press, salacious press, as it were. And uh, for the for the uh, dig that he did in the journalism world of uh, finding out all the secrets that came out about this, the book is called "The Battle for the Bird." Jack Dorsey, Elon Musk. And the $44 billion fight for Twitter's soul came out February twentieth, 2024. Kurt Wagner is an award-winning business and technology journalist covering social media for Bloomberg, where he has worked for since 2019. He's been covering social media since 2013 and has spent years writing about Twitter and its impact on society. He previously worked at the influential tech outlet's Recode, Mashable, and fortune he grew up in seattle went to college at santa clara university and now is in denver with his family there you go
0: welcome to the show kurt how are you hey i am great thank you for that nice intro you got, there you go. you got all the stuff in there appreciate well it. you know it's your bio so i was just read it, it is it <laughs> is my bio yeah i know i should i could have sent you like hey i'm kurt i work at bloomberg that yeah. would have been faster i do have a lot of people
1: like my intro the energy that goes into it and they're like hey can we hire you just to walk around and introduce us <laughs> everywhere like every time we enter a room kind of like the president here ye, you ye. you uh, yeah, so, exactly. Kurt, give us your dot coms. Where can people find you on the interwebs?
0: Yeah, I'm on what was formerly Twitter, now X at Kurt Wagner 8. I'm on Threads. I'm on LinkedIn. Obviously, I'm writing at Bloomberg quite regularly, so you can kind of find me on all those places. There
1: you go. So, give us a 30,000 overview. What's in your new book, Battle for the Bird?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's sort of, the the headline sort of captures it. I mean, this is the story of Elon's acquisition of Twitter, the fight that ensued, you know, the summer of 2022, where they were going at each other legally over this thing Mm -hmm. Um, but you know this is it's really a a story that's bigger than that right i I start the story actually several years before elon even shows up because i think there's a lot of really important stuff that happened in the lead up to this Mm -hmm. acquisition that people either aren't aware of or or maybe need to be reminded of so Mm -hmm. you know i i'd say this is really the story of twitter it's the story of how we got to where we are now with you know elon sort of being the the cherry on top there
1: there you go, and
0: and uh, do you cover how far back do you go in the in the origins of of Twitter? Uh, yeah, where do you start. Roughly? It starts it starts in 2015 when CEO Jack Dorsey returns to the company. He was the oh. co-founder. He'd previously been CEO. There's mm-hmm. a few you know details from you know kind of flashbacks, if you will, from before that. But really, my version of this story is is Jack's return in 2015 through about the first I'll say two to three months of Elon's uh, Elon's takeover of Twitter.
1: There you go. And and you, you and you even covered, you know, why he decided to do it and how he yeah. how he got into it and all that good stuff. What was it that drew you to the story? Why why did you you know according to your bio, you know, you've been writing about Twitter for a long time, but what was it that really drew you to it and said, "Hey, I want to write a book on this?"
0: Yeah, well, I'd wanted to write a book about Twitter for a while. It's actually kind of mm-hmm. a funny story. I, because I'd covered it so long, I always thought it was like an incredibly influential you know, service, there were obviously the Trump years, right? Where it was sort of like took on this new life of its own as, as the mm-hmm. megaphone for a, a sitting US president. And I was out pitching publishers like, Hey, I want to write this like Twitter Jack Dorsey book. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Elon showed up on the scene as I'm talking to publishers. He literally, the meetings are being like derailed by, you know, Elon showing up and, uh, it was just only natural, of course, that you would sort of follow the story, right? Like, oh. He he just made it so much more interesting, so I was able to keep sort of the first half of, of the book is probably more of my original premise, and then the second mm-hmm. half was just like, it was unfolding as I was writing the book, yeah. and I was just sort of going where the story went. I was one of the
1: early users on Twitter. I was in the top 1,000 early on in oh, wow. 2008, 2009, and I figured out, yeah, yeah it, well, I, I didn't get on until 2008, um, okay. but but I figured out how to game it very early on and build a following. And at one point there was a group of us that were like, cause they only had 40 people back then. And for some reason I believe it was Ev thought 40 people was the max that it should ever have. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so uh, there, were, there were at least one fight that I caused by working with what's his face from Union Square partners to tell them what I was seeing in the market. Cause they were suspending so many people. I'm like, there is no trust left with corporates in your thing. And when Jack Dorsey came back with his little cucumber fucking, (laughs) I just, it just, I, you just look at it and just be like, when does this company ever make a profit?
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's got a colorful history to say the least, right? I mean, it's, (laughs) I think what people don't realize is that the cultural influence of Twitter is so dramatically so much larger than the Mm -hmm. business ever was right like Mm that people often lump twitter in with facebook or youtube or whatever as being these like hugely significant social platforms Mm -hmm. but from a business standpoint it was just it was minuscule compared to those other ones and uh, to me it's just like i think it's important for people to sort of know that because i think that fact actually plays into a lot of you know Twitter's story right which is Mm -hmm. that it was always sort of an underdog even though it sort of played in this bigger arena, it was never really never really belonged there as a business. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's sort of been part of the part of the story for them.
1: Yeah. And you heard about the fights that Bev and and uh, or Ev and Biz and Biz, yeah. And it was like the Street Stooges. I, I it was uh, it was uh, Fred Wilson of Union Square Partners. That's and I right. emailed him some stuff, and uh, he writes me back and he goes, "Yeah, we just had an emergency board meeting over your whole letter, and I sent your letter to him." And I'm like, "Are you? That wasn't for public purpose." <laughs> and I so I caused one of those famous fights that have been written about at least once. And so uh, you go through this thing, and you started out and you profile something I guess was kind of secret, the Disney acquisition yeah. where uh, Mark Benioff and Bob Iger. We're interested in buying it. Tell us a little bit about that that you tease out in the book.
0: Yeah, this is one of my favorite kind of chapters of the book and it's several years old at this point, but I just mm-hmm. like, I, it's, it's interesting. So in 2016, Twitter, if you might remember, they were going through this like pivot of a, as a company to live, like they were doing NFL streams. They were doing mm-hmm. like TV shows online. They were really trying to sort of be like a digital TV and that summer. Mark Benioff at Salesforce approached them about a deal. And shortly after that, Bob Iger at Disney approached them about a deal. And suddenly they have like two real companies that are interested. So they're like, well, we need to run a process here, right? We need to make sure we're getting the best price. And yeah. so they kind of go out, they talk to everyone you can imagine. And they ultimately come back and they're like, "Oh, we're with the original two guys who started this whole thing. Those are the, those are the only two real serious ones." And uh, they ex- expected offer like formal offers, from both companies. And like the day they were supposed to be turned in, mm-hmm. uh, both companies walked away. And Twitter, wow. you know, was sort of left sitting there thinking, you know, they're going to go one of two directions. And here they are, <laughs> like with nobody. And uh, you know, the one thing that I did kind of tease out that I hadn't ever read before was that Disney in particular ca- ended up coming back to the table for a very short time so they, really? they got really close they walked away twitter basically went you know and pitched hard to to bring them back to the table which worked briefly mm-hmm. uh, disney gave them such a low ball sort of bid that they floated that you know twitter was like well we you know it's too low to even entertain this thing and they ended up going the other direction but the reason I think it's important is like, there was always this idea, especially when Elon showed up. Well, why doesn't Twitter just sell to Facebook? Why doesn't Twitter sell to Google? You know, there's got to be another buyer out there. And, the, and they tried to do these things like they tried to find a buyer and they couldn't. And so I think it's important history to keep in mind as Elon shows up because you kind of remember, well, this might have been their only option.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I predicted then that's why I caused the fight over. I predicted that Facebook was going to win over getting the business over, yeah. over, uh, over uh, Twitter and Twitter was going to ruin its reputation and, and trust in the marketplace. Cause I would go do speaking engagements to talk about Twitter and I'd be in front of whole companies and, and I'd, and I'd be like, how many of you have been suspended by Twitter? Or, you know, I would, I would hear this, you know, well, we've all been yeah. suspended by Twitter. And back then, you know, it was just, it was just crazy and imbalanced, you know, the fail whales and the, and the thing. And how many people have other accounts completely blocked by Twitter? And I'm like, you guys are trashing with what you're doing, playing these games of blocking people and, and uh, suspending people, you know, with your stupid little, you know, attitudes about, you know, stuff. And, you know, I think they suspended people for retweeting at one point. They didn't want to do retweets. And I'm like, you're just destroying any sort of trust value you have in the marketplace. And Facebook's going to win. And I was bloody right. Yeah. yeah. So, you You tell the story of how Elon starts coming in the picture and yep. starts going down this pathway that ends up with him owning this thing. give us the tease out if you would on that
0: yeah, I mean, there's a few theories here, right, So mm-hmm. he shows up on Twitter's doorstep in sort of late March of twenty twenty two he's He's now the largest shareholder, and they had no idea. He just sort of like appears like, hey. LOL, you know, here I am owning 10% of the company. But, you know, there's a few theories as to why he started building that stake in Twitter. And mm-hmm. there's one that there's one that came out in a recent book by Walter Isaacson about Elon, which is essentially, you know, he had too much money. He didn't know what to do with it. Like most rich guys, he was like, what do I love? Oh, and I, instead of buying like a beach house in, you know, Malibu, he's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, buy Twitter, which I love. Um, mm-hmm. So that's theory one. There's another interesting theory that I sort of explore slightly in my book, which is that he really hated this account on Twitter called Elon Jet. At yeah. Elon Jet, it tracked his private plane and it posted, you know, when it took off and where it landed. And in January of 2022, he complained to Twitter CEO at the time, Parag Agarwal, and said, you know, take this down. And Twitter, you know, basically ignored him. They didn't do it. And a few weeks later, he starts buying Twitter shares. Yeah. So you uncovered you know, them, yeah. It's kind of an interesting timing, right? Like I can't say for certain that that this is what led to it. But there are several people I talked to who thought the fact that he couldn't get them to remove this jet thing is what ultimately led him to build a stake. Now, I don't think he was like, I'm going to buy the company over this. But I think it's very reasonable to think that he was like, I'd love to be a shareholder. And and now suddenly they have to listen to me a little bit more than they would otherwise. So those are some interesting reasons.
1: I am the most powerful man in the world. You will listen to me. (laughs) Exactly. Then, uh, it's interesting because so, Taylor Swift is having the fight now over the jet account, is. and yeah. maybe she'll buy X off of off of. <laughs> maybe <laughs> they'll a, team up. I think she could afford it, it better than them. him. Maybe she's 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 pretty rich, um, yeah. and I, I don't think she's tied up in a bunch of businesses other than you know her own, and it's doing really well. So there you go. It, it wasn't your book? I think I saw the blurb, the news blurb that he he started. He started. Uh, drugs may have been involved in some of these decisions.
0: <laughs> so this is—I uh, actually, this part is not in the book. There have uh, been rumors about Elon taking drugs ever since I've started covering him. Really? The, the, the Wall? Yeah, you might be shocked. have uh, never
1: seen a journalist cover that yet.
0: <laughs> well, the Wall Street Journal yeah. had a nice, uh, you know, really? nice story that came out. So there is a lot of speculation that you know some of this could have been fueled by by some drug use. I cannot mm-hmm. say one way or the other. I'll leave, you know. I'll point people to the journal story and just simply say that these, these have been sort of whispered loudly around Elon for a long time. I, I don't know exactly how much it played a role, but it seems like it could have.
1: Yeah, and it's. Do you do you think he was maybe in some sort of weird dark place? Or uh, uh, you know, he's he's kind of riding high on smacking home runs out of the park. You know, he's in- yeah. Everything's going well, and it's been interesting, and I imagine you've documented this in your book, how it's really spun itself into a real toilet bowl situation and not been the real, you know, I've seen that in business where, you know, some guys can hit home runs for a while, and then, you know, all of a sudden they start hitting, you know, balls and fouls, and yeah. and it's really hard on them when you're used to hitting home runs all the time because totally. they can't they can't figure it out.
0: I think there's a there's a great quote from a former executive at Twitter. So it was a woman. Her name's Esther Crawford, and she she was there when Elon took over. She sort of bought into Elon's you know new vision. Literally sleeping at the office, you know, trying to like be hardcore for Elon, and she uh, she ultimately got fired, as as most people you know end up doing sometimes when they work for Elon. And uh, she had this great she she tweeted sort of about her experience like months later, and she had this line that was like you know Elon's incredibly great. At at physics-based problems or or technically based problems you know writing code for example but when it comes to a communications platform when it comes to a platform that requires a lot of soft skills mm-hmm. you know it, it, it requires a different type of emotional intelligence and mm-hmm. i i think that's really astute observation quite frankly i think like, there's no mm-hmm. doubt that elon's incredibly smart that he's in- obviously had some huge home runs mm-hmm. um, i'm not sure if the soft skills required to run twitter are necessarily his strength yeah. and i think we're seeing that play out right now in the way that he sort of behaves on twitter and how it's impacting their business
1: yeah it definitely is i mean and and, and you know we've we you know it's it's rumored i guess that he's on the spectrum in some way or another and sometimes those social skills are harder for people you know most people that are on the spectrum or autistic are savants I mean they're really brilliant smart people and they can do you know they can really do intelligent stuff and uh, when you see some of the ways that he behaves and talks I mean you know the interesting thing about social media is people say what's in their head it's almost like you know you used to have to get people drunk and go to the bar to find out what people really thought (laughs) but you know basically in fact back in the day that used to be the joke in 2011 2010 we used to tell people twitter is the bar facebook is the home and linkedin is the office so make sure that you perform in those sort of you know don't go on linkedin and act like you're on twitter uh you know (laughs)
0: that's a pretty good good rundown actually isn't it it? it? yeah that's what what we used to teach
1: people and so we you know don't go on don't go saying weird shit on linkedin because you know you have fun with your career after that but uh, you know it's and the other thing you get into is you go through how the rise and fall of donald trump account Mm. and it's weird this battle that twitter kind of seems like it's kind of left-leaning and i suppose that's an interpretation for everybody and then now it seems to flip to the right wing, yeah. you know, and so you, you dig through all
0: of that, the the arc of that curve. I do. And the Trump years are really compelling to me, just like, not only because we, I lived, like you live it, right? As a, yeah. as a citizen of the United States, you sort of live it, but yeah. I covered the company during those years as well. And it was really a struggle for them, for Twitter at the time to figure out what to do with this guy, right? Yeah. Because in a lot of ways, he was, if not breaking the rules, he was certainly walking right up to sort of like these rules they had in place around basic civility, right? No bullying people or no harassing people or whatever. And, and he would sort of challenge these things on a weekly basis, but Mm -hmm. he's the president of the United States, right? So like they, you can't just, necessarily treat him, or at least they didn't want to treat him in the same way they would treat you or I or any other sort of quote unquote regular Mm. user. And so it was really fascinating, you know, the book gets into sort of these internal struggles of what do you do when the most powerful person in the world is constantly sort of like pressuring you to do something about his account. And eventually they break clearly, right? They ultimately end up banning him, but it took them, you know, four plus years to get to that. Point, and it was not an easy decision internally, like they spent a lot of time and brainpower arguing over how to handle this account. And uh, even the final decision was second guessed after the fact.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've been suspended on Twitter for far less than anything, you know, some of the right <laughs> wing has said. And, and I, I had my big account suspended because I followed too many people one day. I was building a journalist list and, yeah. uh, and I was adding, and it kept saying, you know, Hey, you're adding too many people per day. You need, you're getting suspended. And so I stopped doing it. I woke up the next morning and someone was appearing on the podcast as a journalist and I went and followed them. Account suspended immediately. Wow. And, yeah. and I'm like, I get suspended for that, and this guy, you know, there are terrorists that are still on Twitter. Uh, right. Yeah, it was a 100,000-plus account, close to 200,000 people. I built since 2008. And, uh, yeah, this <laughs> is a dumb thing to do. I But I was trying to use the service. I was trying to build a list of journalists because that's who we yeah. have on the show. And uh, so, and yet these guys are on there, and, you know, uh, who else is back? Technically, Trump is back. I think he's yes. legal. He yep. can't do much through his contract. And evidently, the, the thing's going to go through for his the FTC or whatever's approving that deal for him to do the bug buyout or transition or whatever the hell that's it. So one of the things that you you get into in the book is is basically the battle that goes on because there's a yeah. kind of an internal battle for the buyout of it. And Elon kind of sticks right in it in a way that I don't think he realizes he he kind of
0: he got him. He got himself locked in. He did. Yeah, his timing was quite terrible, and you kind of take it like the understatement of the of the century, probably yeah. there. But you know, people, you know, f- high level. Just for those who who may not remember, right? So, like, Elon shows up. He basically forces Twitter to sell him the company. Right? Gives him an offer they can't refuse, kind of thing. He's we need to do this as fast as possible. Forty-five million. Okay, forty four billion dollars, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. and then almost immediately, within I'm talking within a couple <laughs> weeks, he realizes he's sort of locked himself into this terrible deal because the stock market is going down. There's yeah. a war in Europe, inflation is going up, like all yeah. these th- these things, and so he tries to back out of the deal and he tries to walk away and Twitter. So literally nope. sues him <laughs> to force the sale, right? They say, you signed a contract. Yeah. You can't walk away. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. bring you to court and force you to buy this company. So it's, it's just like a really interesting dynamic that oh, yeah. you have a company demanding someone acquire them. And, you know, that's what sets off like a, a summer full of legal disputes and things. And like the book covers all this. It's, it's, it, it, it's like, what are those... Th- Things that would almost feel like it's make believe or or you know a, a, a movie, right? Mm-hmm. If it didn't actually happen in real life, but it did, <clears throat> it was really wild. That whole summer of twenty twenty two was like oh, yeah. a total bizarre thing.
1: And I think the drop in the market value—I mean, it dropped—it dropped huge. It was like twenty five million billion that it dropped to in value, didn't it? It was
0: well, yeah, like really Since bad. he's taking it over, so <laughs> you know, private. <laughs> so we don't know. There's not like a. There's not like a you know stock price that we can use to track the the value, but mm-hmm. uh, some banks, I think Fidelity, for example, has cut the price yeah. by more than fifty percent, right? So they're yeah. saying, hey, you paid forty four billion for it. We now think it's worth you know sixteen or fifteen billion. It's crazy how much it's dropped in value. Yeah. And, you know, and he still owes as if it's a forty four billion dollar company. So he's really on the hook for a lot of a lot of debt right now.
1: Yeah, and I, and my understanding is the banks that did finance it. They will not open the purse strings again. They they're they're like nope. We're closed. We're done. We've written it down, and we're not loaning any more uh, money. Yeah, I mean, would you?
0: <laughs> I don't. know. Yeah. I, so. Well, no. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Did you did you have the did you cover in your book? Because I know you guys go to print, and so there's all sorts of crazy stuff that will always, I guess, be happening. But did yeah did you talk about in your book the you know where he puts up his fingers to Bob Iger sitting in the audience? <laughs> and, and advertising. I was able
0: to. I got it in, in like a, uh, the conclusions. So basically mm-hmm. I, the book ends about three months after he takes over, but then I put a ton of stuff that had happened as you, as you acknowledged, like you got to turn in a book and then there's several months before people mm-hmm. get to read it, but there's still stuff that's going on. So I put a mm-hmm. bunch of that, like, you know, stuff into a conclusion or an epilogue, but him sitting on stage in New York and, and, you know, telling advertisers to go f themselves (laughs) was pretty crazy was a pretty crazy thing to say i've never seen anything like it especially from someone who is asking those people for advertising dollars right that's their whole business so and he did seem like
1: he was on something at that show
0: i don't know there's been spec you know as we talked about there's speculation i can't be the one i'm not going to be the one to to say it but i'll say it hey he He seemed like he
1: was on something, I mean his mannerisms and stuff were really were really weird, so I'll say it uh that's it what would I think. explain
0: it right yeah. It's like a really bizarre thing to do yeah. otherwise
1: and then and then now you see you know how he's probably trying to raise more money through stocks and where he put Tesla on the thing and my friends you know they they bought the Elon yeah. worship, you know they've built mm-hmm. idols to him i think I think they basically. I don't know, there's a couple of jokes there on uh, fans probably. But uh, they basically idolize him. And so they bought Teslas and they're left-leaning political people. And so, yep. you know, they've been kind of whole surprised by his right-wing thing. Do you get into... What's interesting to me is his fascination with X. And if you fall followed yeah. him like I have and you have and, and other people who follow Silicon Valley... You know, you know about his right wing friend and the PayPal mafia and the fallout over X and X has been kind of like naming a company X or having an idea for a company name X has been like his citizen keen moment with Rosebud where he's just been like regretting never being able to use X. You know, he was kicked out of PayPal over it and uh, regretting it ever since. And it's almost like he's been trying to find a place for this. And this has been his yeah. little he's drag term. Some sort of abuse, and 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 now he's painted it onto this turd. That well, what he's turning <laughs> me a turd, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know if you go through any of that in your book of of where that originates from. And
0: yeah, a little bit. It's almost like rosebud, I mean, you know the. The the sled, where he's like,
1: Where's my rosebud?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've sort of been fascinated with uh, this idea, as you mentioned, for a long time. I think his first startup was X.com, or one of his first startups was X.com. His son is actually named X. So, like, he just has this, like, infatuation with literally the letter X and, like, creating something around it. But um, I think more than that, you know, they're now trying quite hard to distance themselves from what twitter was right they i think i've kind of said you know twitter's officially dead and people be like what do you mean you're you're tweeting all the time and i'm like well let me be clear like x still exists and the product still exists but i think what made twitter twitter is no longer a thing and i think that's by Mm -hmm. design like elon does not want twitter to exist anymore he bought it and buried it. And now he's, uh, he's hoping to rebrand everything and transform everything as this new company. Right. And we see that in their messaging and otherwise. So, you know, yeah, the product itself is is still a thing, but I think Mm -hmm. it feels different as you've pointed out. And I think the goal for the company is very different than what twitter's original goal was mm-hmm. and uh, so you know fast forward a year or two i think it's gonna i think it's gonna feel even more drastically different than it is today
1: i know he's been trying to copy those apps that they have in china where yeah, they basically everything use, app yeah the everything app where in, in i guess his fantasy is to do that and i guess he's instructed the coders to do that i guess do you get into that and the possibilities a little bit at of the end
0: mm-hmm. yeah a little bit at the end but you know, a lot of this is still really new, you know, Mm -hmm. this stuff has only really started to materialize in the last couple months, but I've covered it at Bloomberg. It's not necessarily in the book. You know, he's trying to get into payments. He's trying to get into this idea of even banking, like maybe you would use X to hold money and, and they would give you some type of, you know, interest payment. It's, it's really ambitious stuff that I'm not sure will catch on in the US quite frankly. Like there's a reason mm. these everything apps are are popular in Asia, but have not been able to to tack on here in the US. Like m- Facebook has tried to do this. They've tried mm. to do this with Messenger. They've tried to do this with WhatsApp. Yeah. The US market's just really hard for this type of everything app idea. And uh, I'm not convinced he's going to be able to do it, but at least he, you know, I guess if you want to give him credit, he's <laughs> he's trying to do something different. I don't know. I, I enjoyed the old Twitter a lot. I was a little, I've been able oh, yeah. to see how it's transitioned. So you and me, uh, we'll see. I'm skeptical.
1: You and me. You know, do you think that maybe some of the motivation was, is he saw, you know, these billionaires, they love to have their own voices, especially if you're the richest person in the world. And, and I, do you think maybe he saw, you know, it's kind of a William Randolph Hearst thing. Remember how Hearst... You know, built all the newspapers, and basically yeah. he was a kingmaker in politics. And you know, yep. he you didn't. If you went against his newspaper, or he didn't want you to be king, he was gonna he was gonna make it so you weren't. And then you know, he maybe he saw how Donald Trump used it basically as his bully pulpit, and he's like, "Hey, I want to have a voice and uh, get my message out." Do you think there's an e- maybe an ego that bought into that?
0: Yeah, I think I think I think, yeah. I think it's impossible to ignore that element of it right especially when you are as rich and powerful and famous as he is you know there's there's stories you hear about just like his fascination his fascination with his own engagement right Mm we saw this with trump too watching the the likes pour in right and i think like there's there's some element about that with elon too is like seeing how widely distributed his own views can become if he uses Mm -hmm. x and so i don't know if that was you know it's hard to say if that was like the one thing or Mm -hmm. if that was just one of many things i tend to think it's one of many but i do think it's an element here that you can't ignore which is that he's become incredibly incredibly influential and famous even since buying the company
1: yeah i remember when he was upset he's like hey i'm not getting enough likes and views on my thing and i own this damn company
0: And uh, just like
1: you know, at this point, I'm just like, has he just written an office? Well, this is my megaphone, and and I get to decide. This I'm the decider, I guess. And so I'll just run with it. And it's been it's been really interesting. You can see the influences of Peter Thiel, of course, Mm -hmm. and Peter Thiel's whole right wing conservative thing that's been around since he was in Stanford. You know, and his whole slants on stuff and and the influence. I I believe it was. Peter Thiel and and a couple of his other right wing friends that
0: actually helped push Elon into the deal, right? David Sachs was is one who is the PayPal guy who's who's been super involved. Some of the mm-hmm. Tesla board members mm-hmm. and the SpaceX board members have sort of been advisors for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no doubt that he has, and Elon said this as well. He's he's politically shifted. You know, I think he mm-hmm. used to be. Left, if not maybe center left, and and now he would say he's sort of center right. But I I, I think he's quite you know <laughs> clearly pretty right, pretty conservative in terms of like the things he's tweeting about, right, with immigration, yeah. probably being like the one big one that he keeps talking about with the border crisis and things like that. So yeah. um, it's been interesting to see it. Be, and and the one thing that Twitter does better for for good or or bad is it's it's public, man. So like yeah. we're seeing this evolution sort of happen. In front of our very eyes, because we see everything he tweets. There
1: you go, and the 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 billionaire public square is really what it's become since Donald Trump, I think. Yeah. Where it's you know, and and they just crowd everyone out. Maybe Twi- Taylor Swift will buy it next, and I just hope she's as <laughs> sweet as she always seems to come across as being. But I don't know. Maybe she'll take her whole army of of Swifties and and uh, she'll shut down the the jet account that everyone hates, I guess, and <laughs> and then she'll. You know, I don't know. Help, help the cheap wins the next suit. We'll get, whatever the conspiracy things, yeah. So I think it's great you you document all this stuff. You get into the details of it, and uh, and, and look, I'm sure you'll have plenty of data for book two.
0: <laughs> I, I know some people have been like, "Oh, what, are you going to just pick up where you left off?" I'm like, I need to sleep for about <laughs> need- two two years before I can even consider oh,
1: something like this. So. I mean, just it's going to be an endless thing. I I, I, yeah. I refuse to call it x and then you know and it, everything comes across the emails still come out as twitter yeah uh, for the longest time i couldn't find the app because i'm like where's this where's the twitter app and i couldn't find it because i'm used to looking for the bird for the last you know 12 20 whatever years and uh, and so you're just you know and then who's it uh, the uh, infamous writer for horror got into it he's like, i'm still calling it twitter
0: oh yeah stephen king
1: yeah yeah and you sit and you watch some of his tweets and you're like Dude, you're like the richest person on the earth. Do you not have something better to do? Yeah. You know, and then you see how it has affected uh, Tesla stock. It it really took the game off him too. Everybody thought that he was his home run king, and uh, infallible, and you know everything else. And and talk about ruining your image. <laughs> Nothing been, else.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people. Uh, you, mi- you mentioned sort of your friends who were Elon fans and have been sort mm-hmm. of surprised. I mean, like, I think there are a ton of people out there who maybe knew who Elon was right like they, they certainly yeah. knew oh he's the Tesla guy or the SpaceX guy but mm-hmm. they didn't really know much about him and the Twitter takeover has really broadcasted his personal his personality yeah. but also his personal views to just so many people who i don't think really were aware of the type of person that he was and uh, i think there's a lot of people who have sort of like been like oh he's he's different he's different than i expected <laughs> or like that i certainly anticipated yeah,
1: he's kind of on the downside, like Donald Trump is, where everything's going wrong now. So I don't know. It'll be, it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out. But like you said, I, I was really, I, I, I still have a romance with the old bird, even though it was a clown car. The shit show for most of its years. But uh, there you go. So, So, uh, final thoughts as we go out. Kurt, tell people where to buy the book and your dot coms and find you on the interwebs.
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you again for having me. Uh, The book is called Battle for the Bird. just came out yesterday so this thing is fresh and I would just say, you know, (sighs) You don't even have to really know or or care about Twitter, I think, to find this story interesting. If I I do say so myself, it's really a story. You'll read some of the stuff and just be like, I can't believe that this is how a business was run or I can't believe that this is how, you know, the richest person in the world sort of makes decisions or behaves. It's just like a really, I think it's like an interesting business story, regardless of how you feel about Twitter. So I hope people will, you know, give it a shot.
1: There you go. And someone in the audience is asking, is it on Audible yet? It is on Amazon. Is. You can order it, it there is. Yep. and all that good stuff. And so uh, thank you very much, Kirk, for coming on. We really appreciate thank it.
0: All right. Get some sleep, buddy. <laughs> I know. I got two little kids too, so it doesn't yeah. happen all that
1: often. You have got to do all this so. book promotion stuff now. So yeah, uh, there yeah. you go. Continuous success, my friend. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for Oh, getting it now. Someone's picking you right up off Audible. That's amazing. There there you thank go. you. Thanks our audience for tuning in. Go to Goodreads.com for Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com for Chris Voss, all those crazy places on the internet. And we're also on Twitter, Rex, on the Chris Voss Show one, because the Chris Voss Show got suspended friending too many people. But God knows we should put Donald Trump and who's the, who's the guy who got, to, who did the Sandy, Sandy hook uh, conspiracy crap? He's, he's back on there. And I'm like, oh. yeah. We we can't get the show back on, but it makes no sense to me. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time. (laughs)